Hi, this is Vivian Kavam from Tandem Works, and you are listening to Success in Iowa. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Success in Iowa. I'm Todd Studer. In studio today is a young lady, Kelly Irwin. Thank you so much, Kelly, for coming in. Thank you for asking me. You have a uh, different kind of success story because you came in to an existing business, right, that, that, that your father started. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. So that is a, a, a towing company, which I know that I know nothing about towing. <laughs> well, I would have to agree that I know very little <laughs> as far as working in the tow trucks. But yes, it is a high speed um I guess I don't I don't know the word to use it. It's it, it's going to be something that's going to be needed no matter how the world changes, kind of right. like the medical field, which is actually where my expertise was for many years. Really? Yeah. Um, but it is fast paced. It's um, 24 hours, literally. Yeah. If somebody calls you, they don't want to hear, yeah, we'll get to you. You're like the fourth in line and we'll get to you, you know, in, in four hours or something. They don't want to hear that. They do not. <laughs> But, you know, transparency has always been a huge thing that my dad was always great with. And we um, were very respected with. We'll, we'll tell them, you know, hey, you may be fourth in line. This is the ETA. But guess what? Um, we have other people that we, we work with in the area. We can refer you out or you can wait, you know. And it also depends on the situation. Hey, are you safe? Are you in a safe place? Is your right. car there? But you're in a safe place. And we really pride ourselves on that, you know. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. How far back does the business go? When did your dad start it? So my dad was a teacher at Underwood High School. Um, He taught auto mechanics, and that was in the early 70s. And he was also the junior high wrestling coach, which he prides himself on. Never lost. (laughs) Total winning streak. Um, And then I guess he decided that the politics of being an educator wasn't really anything he liked. And I'm guessing the money wasn't there. So he bought a piece of uh, property on the main street in Underwood, Iowa, and built his shop. He had a huge love for auto mechanics. That was his thing. He always loved repairing cars. He was a huge Pontiac lover. And he started doing mechanics. It wasn't till years later, obviously, when you have a mechanic shop, they need towed in. So then he then fell in love with the towing side of it. So he always loved both, but he didn't fall in love with towing. And that's not where he started. It wasn't towing. It was a mechanic shop. And he actually rented before he bought that building. There was a gentleman, Bud Bryant in Underwood. He had a auto body shop. And so my dad kind of rented out his half of the building before he bought that property. And it was Bud's body and Dave's auto shop. So what did your dad know about towing before he started the towing business? My guess is maybe nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. He's not here to ask, unfortunately. Um, I, I believe... His true love for it really started when he started just meeting people because he knew everybody. And then in that industry, you meet so many people. Um, I think he was just fascinated with the – he loved science. He loved – I mean, if I ever had a project with pulleys, he was always, like, all hands-on with it. And I think it was just the fascination of being able to maneuver things and – you know, fix things, work things, move things, if that makes sense. It does. How, how old were you when, when he got started with it? Um, well, I was born in 75, and he opened up his own business in 79. So from a very early age, you probably don't have much of a memory of him not having the business. Oh, for sure. No. Yep. I That business was always there, always a part of our lives. Um, Dad wasn't always home 
a lot of the time. <laughs> um, and he, we were always around people we didn't know. Uh, and there was always strange people sometimes just popping up, you know, off the interstate because, you know, we're right off I-80. Right. You know, so um, I, I got very comfortable in interacting with all different kinds of people. Did the location... Do you think help? Because yes, Underwood, is, there's an exit and you can see the entire community of Underwood right from the interstate. And um, did that proximity to Interstate 80, which runs coast to coast, do you think that that helped with this business? It, it did. It absolutely did. And it still continues to. I think there's a huge need for it. And if if you understand how people work, so Council Bluffs is, I think it ends at the eight on Highway 6, and we're the 17, and if you're anything like... You're talking about mile markers, by the yes. way. Yes, oh, I'm sorry, yes, <laughs> yeah, mile yeah, markers. You if you're anything like me, you know, you push the limits of when your car tells you, you know, oh, you have like 10 miles. Well, I only have seven miles to drive. Let's push it. Right. Well, and then, of course, the older cars didn't have that luxury, you know. Yeah, so. mine is, it will give me how many miles to empty, and then when it's, it drops below, say, 30, it just says low. Yes. <laughs> At that point, it's anyone's guess how far that I'm going to get. So I never ran out, but I do know that, you know, back then, uh, you just had the gauge and you hoped it was right. Exactly. Exactly. And back then, you didn't realize, hey, guess what? If I run my car out of gas or if I'm always running it low, that's going to ruin the fuel pump. And if you're not the daughter of a mechanic, you don't get told that a lot. So you don't understand that. <laughs> Growing up in that atmosphere, did you grow up with a love for it, or did you grow up with the thought that, I'm not doing this? Uh, so, honestly, I didn't care anything about cars. I didn't care about anything with the business. I just liked the people surrounding it. So I, I think that I fell in love with people because of that job. Um I was the girl who, once I did get a car, I knew no matter what happened, if it broke down, daddy would help or daddy's mechanics would help. And, you know, there was a few times where I would push the limit, well, probably more than a few times, like I would drive it in and, oh, my car's ticking. Well, did you put oil in it? Let me show you how to change the oil. Yeah, I didn't have any interest in that whatsoever. No, I was a pretty selfish kid. <laughs> so the process then of this becoming your company. Describe that. What was going on at that time? So honestly, I fell in love with healthcare and I chose to do healthcare for the majority of my life. Um, but I, I lived next to my parents. They were always my best friends, part of my life every single day. Um, so I always heard about the business. I always knew what was going on. And being in healthcare um, and on the EMS fireside, you just learn to take care of people. So I kind of took on that role for my parents. And as they got older, obviously their health would deteriorate or things would happen. And we grew very close in, in that aspect. And I just found myself just kind of, I don't, I don't know, just kind of taking over everything, maybe not taking over, but comforting and caring everything that they did. And the business was just a part of that. Also, when I was 16, I met my, the love of my life. And I believe it was on our second date that my dad had him in a tow truck. So there was that. And um, even though we would have other jobs or my husband would have another job when he was younger, um, there was always after hours in the towing business. So it ended up being my husband worked there full time. So my husband was always gone in the middle of the night because, you know, he was part of the business. So I, I would have to say that my husband 
was the big reason why I fell in love with the business and the other aspect of, you know, this is how it runs. This is how it works. And then as my mom and I grew closer um, later on in life, I think I got out of healthcare in 2017, I believe. And um, so I ended up doing that full time in 2017, part time about two, 2011. Um, I always had multiple jobs besides the hospital because everybody knows, you know, anymore you can't have more or you can't just have one job. Right. You have to have multiple jobs in order to not live paycheck to paycheck. And uh, so I always worked like in the morning, I would work at the shop. And then in the afternoon and evening, I would work at the hospital. Um, and it worked well. I mean, my kids would probably disagree because, you know, I didn't spend as much time at home as a normal mom. But, you know, my parents, I wouldn't say they were, a lot of people say, oh, my parent or this person hustles. That's how they get their money. My parents were always consistently just pushing forward. You know, they were always working. They were always um, staying busy with the business. If they weren't towing, they were working on cars. If they weren't working on cars, they were talking to people and getting more business in, getting contracts in. You know, my husband's very good at that. My husband probably has gotten the majority of our accounts that we tow for now with the bigger corporations and the bigger companies. And so even though my husband isn't my parents' child, being together with him since we were 16, he basically is. Like my parents basically raised him and molded him into the business. When you are now in a position that you know you're taking this over and this is now you're in charge and you're going to be running the ship, was your mindset of making it your own and putting your own stamp on it, or was it more just continuing your father's legacy? 100% continuing his legacy. Um, everything kind of happened pretty quickly about 2019 when my dad um, found out he had a speck of cancer on his esophagus. And um, not everything worked out really great through that process. He didn't have the best heart um, so they didn't really want to go in and do surgery. So many processes happened, and he ended up getting really, really sick and on a vent. And then he ended up even at the Madonna Center. But he rehabbed fully and got very strong afterwards. And that was in 2019. Um, he passed away of a heart attack suddenly on November 1st of 2020. Um, this happened when my mom just got done getting cancer taken out of her intestines and was just finally getting to where she can get up and move around and feel better then. Like this all happened within one month in 2020. Um, we were devastated, obviously. Um, we, we just kind of did what my parents have always done. We just kept pushing forward. So my mom, my husband and I, we decided, well, the business needs taken care of first. That was his, what was most important to him. So we decided, we got the attorney, and we decided we're going to move into an LLC. That's the safest thing to do. And my mom wanted it to be my mom, myself, my husband, and my oldest son, Trevor. So um, we did all the logistics for that. We had that all ready by January. So between November 1st when my dad passed away, between getting him at rest and getting everything concluded for him, and then building up the LLC and getting everything in order, we were up and running by January 1st. With, in the meantime, between November and January 1st, my husband and my son maintained business as usual. They kept everything running. I think we closed maybe for my dad's funeral, and that was about it within a couple days. And in, in that, they still helped us organize my dad's, you know, 
funeral and everything else because it was it was beautiful. We had um, multiple tow trucks. I, I saw a lot of things on social media was like, was there a parade? There was tow trucks everywhere. My dad knew thousands of people and my husband organized for all the tow truck companies that my dad knew to come to the funeral home and then uh, drive to Underwood where we had his reception at the Umba Hall um, in honor of him. So that was fascinating. And that that's kind of how it happened. We just kind of just formed from his sole proprietorship to an LLC. And then my mom, my husband, I, and my son moved on from there in January 1st of 21. On a personal level, uh, witnessing the way that the community came together for your dad had to be uh, a bit like it, it, it's validating what you already knew about your dad. And it had to feel great that so many other people saw the same things that you did. It still is overwhelming. Um, I've never seen so many grown men cry. And they validate to me on a daily basis. Still to this day, I have his friends that will stop in. He was so wonderful. I miss him so much. The, the biggest thing I think that was told to me through that whole process was I miss being able to just come in here and have an intelligent conversation. Do you realize how intelligent your father was? You would never think that a chubby old guy wearing, you know, work clothes every day, sitting in a chair or running a tow truck or working on a car would be so intelligent. And that is one thing that's the consensus to everybody that I've met. I've met people through his childhood. I've met people that just knew him, you know, later in life. And he was so smart, like wicked smart. I remember when I was a teenager telling him he needed to be on that, um, who wants to be a millionaire. And he was like, well, I feel like I would do well until they asked something modern, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) entertainment wise that he didn't care about or, you know, that he wasn't up on, but, um, just wicked intelligent and so kind, so kind. He, he would loan a vehicle out. Um, we have apartments in Underwood, and for a long time they were low-income, ho- like low-income housing ones. And I remember this one particular lady who was a single mom, and she, her car would break down. And he would just let her have one of the vehicles that he had at the shop while they worked on her car because she still needed to get to work. She didn't have a support system. Well, she's a customer, but she's also a community member, and she's a human. And if she can't get to work, how's she going to pay me for working on her car? You know, and it's not going to hurt me to allow her to borrow the car. She still has to get her kid to daycare, you know. Right. And that was just the kind of person he was. People don't do that kind of stuff. You know, they didn't do it back then either, you know. And he kind of set the bar for being a, a good human, you know. And that was something that I learned when I was growing up too because I, I wasn't the most intelligent child when it came to making you know, basic life skill decisions when I was a teenager, (laughs) you know, maybe taking the car without permission a few times, or, you know, maybe going over to the big city sometimes when I wasn't supposed to. And I never heard about it. I never got lectured. It was just, you just knew that you didn't, that you, you disappointed him and you wanted to do better. Right. You know, he was that person that you wanted to be a better person because of who he was, not because of who you were. And it was just, that's just who he was. It was phenomenal. I, I miss him so much. And yeah. it's hard to live up to a legacy like that. But between Todd, myself, and Trevor, and now my daughter, we've put my daughter in on the business, we're trying really hard. <laughs> but it's going to take all of us to get that little bit of humanity that my dad just would 
give away so easily. I'll uh, share something with you that you don't know, that you and I actually have something in common here. Uh, my dad passed four days before yours did. Oh, wow. So that was on October 28th of 2020. So you and I, without knowing each other, were going through very similar experiences at the same time. And also vastly different. My dad was not in the towing business. Well. <laughs> but uh, I know how much of uh, an influence my dad was on was on me. But I know it now. I didn't know it to that level back before. But I do now. And it was, it was kind of surprising to me how quickly that hit me after he passed that it was it was like anything negative that he and I may have had between us was just instantly gone and all of his influences in my life with probably without him him even trying you know it just it's just what it was because that's what dads did so I can relate so much to what it is that you're talking about and also as you move forward in the things that you're doing now with your business how much that is always there, but not in a bad way. It's, it's, it's a good thing to want to live up to that. It, my guess is, is that it inspires you. It doesn't feel like a negative thing. It, it's something that you aspire to be. And now you can pass it on to your kids because you've already got the next generation involved. It actually already kind of is. Um, there is a legal term called transfer on death. And that's what my mom had done when we made an LLC. And so as soon as my, my mom actually passed nine months after my dad did. So not only were we devastated by my dad's passing, but busy moving on and able to take care of my mom, you know, we kind of took her in, um, not physically, but you know, emotionally. Uh, then when she passed nine months later, I instantly put a transfer on death to my son. So the one thing that my dad made adamantly clear for years was the business is my priority. Like when he rehabbed from the Madonna Center, the nurse was just, I don't want to say she was disgusted, but she was pretty annoyed because my dad kept saying, you know, we got to have this home visit. And he's like, well, that's fine. We're going to go to the shop. And she's like, well, we don't normally do that. We need to go into your home and make sure everything is set up for your success, you know, through your rehab. And he's like, no, I don't think you understand. That's where I'm at all the time is the shop. So, you know, we took the wheels off of his chair. We moved the rugs. We did everything. And she was just, when she got there, she's like, this is so weird. I've never had this happen before. You know, I'm used to going into a home. But that's who my dad was. And that's where he resides. You know, um, he chose cremation. So that's where, you know, we have his his remains. And and that's it, that's always going to be his. It's always going to be Dave Lyon towing. I mean, obviously we added the LLC on the end, but nothing's ever going to change. The trucks are always going to have his name. Um, I know my kids are going to live up to that expectation as we move forward. Um, but his legacy is 100% the priority and the drive why we do everything that we do on those days where we can't cope very well, or, you know, we're in bad moods or something really bad just happened. And we're just trying to push forward the the image of my dad standing there and how he would have dealt with it just absorbs us. You know, we can, we can cope and get through it because of the person that he was. And it makes us drive forward. Even, you know, you want to tell somebody just shut up or, or, <laughs> you know, go away or, you know, hang up on somebody. It's just, it's, it's not an option. And that's because we had him. And then when my mom passed, it was kind of the same thing. Um, my mom was the backbone. 
I always joke when everybody says, well, you know, a lot of people will say things and I don't correct them. They'll be like, well, you know, this is this is Todd's towing company now. And I'm like, well, it is because he 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 runs it for the, mo- the most part. But I think that if I wasn't there and my mom hadn't taught me everything, it wouldn't be done legally. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen some men and how they do book work, it's not a pretty thing. Oh, I really have no knowledge of that at all. No. (laughs) It's, yeah, I I know. And to have someone that can handle that end of it to allow, you know, your husband to do what he does and let him focus on what he does well and you focus on what you do well, and that's what makes a successful company. Very, very few are just a standalone with only one person. Because I used to say it back when I only had this podcast business uh, here in the facility that we're in, that I'm not very good at growing a business, but I'm really good at growing my to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a lot more to a business than that. And all of the things you're talking about, of your duties and the things that you do, that's what makes it possible for your husband to do what he does. Legally. 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 I, I think he would still push on. I, I'm i a huge believer in everything that he does. He's probably, um, he's almost a carbon copy of my dad. Like I said, we've been together since we've been 16. And my mom used to say it all the time. And there were also days, many, many hundreds of days, that I used to always think that um, he was the favorite in the family. <laughs> Even though, you know, he wasn't genetically their child. But... <laughs> Um, I will say that it takes four of us to just make up the two, the two people that they were and how they ran things. And there's a lot to be said for my mom was the silent generation. She was eight years older than my dad, and my dad was a boomer. And I, I will hear people talk and make comments about the different generations. But I'm telling you, we're at a great loss as these people are leaving the universe because, wow, their morals, their values, their standards, their work ethic, it's something to be – commended. And I think we're losing that with technology. I think we're losing that with the future generations. I think there's hope, but I don't think my generation is smart enough to figure out how to fix it, you know? (laughs) So in the meantime, I'm just going to be running my business, being a happy person and taking care of my village because I can't even fathom the people that actually have to psychoanalyze the the future you know and I'm sure that my parents were at that point when they were younger too thinking I mean I remember arguing with my mom about clothing or hairstyles or whatever but she didn't have the beast of the internet to deal with back then so that's a whole new level um but I will say that my parents set the bar for an amazing small business and the journey that we're on right now isn't exactly where we wanted to be, especially without my mom. Um, But it's a journey that we don't take lightly. And we put every single second of effort that we can into the business, you know, without forgetting not to love each other. I mean, we take that time aside. I think we're better at it now than we were before. But um, I, I really pride myself on would, you know, a lot of people say WWJD. What would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Well, we do that with Dave. What would Dave do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, he, he's a phenomenal human being, and he deserves every everything he ever got. And I want to be able to say that one day. I want to be able to sit down in a chair like my dad did one day and say, you know, I'm so blessed because I get to wake up every morning and do something that I love. You know, right. I, I, I want to be that 
that, um, God, I can't even find the word, that positive about it, that settled with it, you know, and that's, that's my goal. Well, you talked about, you, you touched on something, the beast of the internet, which by the way, I completely agree with. However, your business probably relies heavily on it now. Yes. And, uh, I don't know that I mean, there's very, very few businesses that could compete without diving deeply into that technology is just the way everything is wired now. We could do a whole series of podcasts on whether or not our brains are actually wired and designed to be able to deal with this much technology, because I don't think they are. But at the same time, this is the reality of the world we live in. And we, if we don't embrace it, we're going to get left behind. And we have to kind of just figure it out as we go. And I mean, is that kind of where you're at with it, that you probably don't have a full grasp on just how powerful the technology is, but you, you have to use it. So we're just going to kind of move along and do the best we can. I do. I 100% agree. And I'm, I'm pretty good at conforming to those kind of changes. Um, having parents that didn't was a little hard. I mean, I will never forget when mom would always do like, well, not, even before Microsoft Word, there was Works, uh -huh. and that's still what she used up until the day she died. Because when I got the internet program and I started doing invoicing that way, she was like, "Well, that's fine, but you know, I'm 78 and I'm not gonna learn the new <laughs> thing. So here's what's gonna happen: when I'm here, this is how it's gonna be done, and then uh -huh. you can come in and you can, you know, update it all on there. And you know, I it was fine with that. You know, it was, you know, sh she was still contributing to the best that she could, but she basically told me, I'm not going to learn that stuff. And I kind of had the same explanation to her. I'm like, well, we can't, like if the internet goes down, we have no email, we have no way for anything. I mean, I'm pretty much shut down for the day if I don't have internet. Um, God bless phones with, you know, data and then have, having access to some of the records on my phone. But realistically to do anything, I mean, you want to do your government taxes it's all online. My mom, I still have the papers. I save almost everything, especially because my mom had impeccable handwriting and beautiful handwriting. And I would save how you used to be able to pay your uh, federal taxes on the phone and all the codes and all the buttons you had to push and all of her notes. <laughs> it's just not that easy anymore. You have to have the internet. And I think she understood that. And, and, I, and I do understand it. I understand a lot of things are changing. I don't always agree with a lot of them, but I do conform. You know, and I and I try to find the best process that works for our business. And, you know, I know a lot of other companies, whether they're in the towing industry or not, are really good about like posting every day on their Facebook and keeping it up to date. I'm not. I think the last time I posted, if you look on our Facebook site, was I think I do on New Year's and on Christmas. You know, thank God for my 28 year old daughter that has come in <laughs> because that's going to be her new job. And the problem is, is that we're not always recruiting business. We usually just get the business, but we want people to understand that we're there and we're going to treat you like family and we're going to do the best that we can do. And if we can't do it, we're going to give you to somebody we entrust and who we know and we, we know who can do it for you. You know, that's kind of how we do it. And I don't know how to say that on the Internet. You know, I can talk to somebody on the phone all day long. Usually when snowstorms come, which are coming up, the first thing that I ask the customer when they call and they say, whether it's a semi or if it's a car or I'm in the ditch, I'm like, okay, so you're in the ditch. Let's get, <clears throat> let's get a cop to you right away, you know, or an, a law enforcement officer to you right away. Um, are you safe if you're broke down on the side of the highway? I mean, those are our priorities. You know, as far as getting the business, you know, I could find out later, well, yeah, you know, we called the law enforcement for them, but they had so-and-so tow them. doesn't matter. 
you know, that doesn't matter. Money's never going to override the fact that we're just there to make a, make a living. We're not there to make a fortune, you know? And I think that for me, and maybe my daughter will be good at this, but there's no way that I can just say that on the internet. People actually have to call us and talk to us or come in and talk to us. So that part of the aspect of technology and the internet, I'm, I'm not great with, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Okay. That, uh, there is still that human aspect. And, and also, from where you live. I mean, you're talking about small town uh, mentality that there is still high value in looking someone in the eye and reaching out your hand and shaking hands with them. And larger businesses don't get to experience that at a level that uh, someone running a small business in a small community uh, gets to. It's, it's a human interaction that we are rapidly losing. So the fact that you're not willing to let that go and you want to make sure, okay, we'll go along with technology, but we're also going to hang on to our roots and what got us here. I think whether or not that has anything that translates into business success is irrelevant. It translates into personal success. You get a lot more quality of life that way. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. And, and we, we really pride ourselves on, on doing a good job. And I mean, we take accountability when we mess up. Um, oh, and that's, that's something else too, that I have, regardless of what the business is, it's not as if you never make a mistake or any business doesn't make a mistake. That to me is not what defines a business. What defines a business is how well do you recover from those mistakes? What do you do at that point? Because and that translates into sports. I mean, the difference between a professional golfer and a hacker is how old are they recover when they make a mistake. They don't repeat a mistake where me, I'm hitting through the trees the whole time. So it's the same type of philosophy. If something happens, own it, and then fix it, make it right. And, you know, that's, I think, probably what came from your dad. I think even, even if he didn't say those words, you saw it so much then it just kind of translates into what you're doing now. I would agree. I would agree, both my mom and my dad. And they, they had very different personalities. My dad was the layback, chill, relaxed, easygoing guy, and my mom was the like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, like freaking out, you know. And I think having had parents like that and the fact that they could run a business and still survive <laughs> and still stay married, <laughs> it was it was a beautiful thing to see because I, I think – that Todd and I compliment my mom and dad's relationship. So I think we're going to be, we're, I think we're successful because we are able to make each other happy, make our community happy, and then make our customers happy. And I think it's literally just about happiness. Does it take a lot of work? It takes tons of work. It takes so much work that some days you're like, why am I doing this? My dad used to have this thing where every now and then he would go through these phases of, I'm just going to lock the doors up. I just can't do it anymore. And I would try to help him process through that when I worked there. And I would be like, okay, what can I do for you today? Um, I don't have somebody to tell me that. <laughs> of course, I've had a lot of psych experience when I was in nursing. Um, but I, I get it now. I've been, I've had those days where like, why am I even doing this? Like, I just need to lock up the doors. So what I do is I kind of revert back to, okay, what would 
Dave do? You know, mm-hmm. well, Dave would say the same thing. Okay, let's lock the doors. That's it. And then I would be like, okay, but then the Kelly there would tell him, you know what, what can I do for you right now? You can't fix everything right now, but what can you fix right now? You can fix your attitude or you can take some space or, <laughs> you know, maybe you need to be hydrated. <laughs> I mean, it could be really little things. I mean, did you have lunch today? I mean, our lunch times at our business um, fluctuate anywhere from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. <laughs> we, we just never know when we're going to have lunch. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves, hey, did you eat today? Or, you know, do you need a snack? And, and I really think that having issues like that, we're so lucky and we're so fortunate because, you know, if if we're crabby every now and then or if we question what we do every now and then, that is a blessing, considering that some people have to go to work and go to a job where they question it every day. And we don't have that. We have moments, but we don't have that daily. And it makes me sad that I was ever going to get into a field or a job where I couldn't end up doing what I am right now. I, I'm so blessed. I never take it for granted. Um, we always try to pay forward, pay back, anything. Um, good deeds done to us always get paid forward. Uh, we, we try to be really selfless as we can. And in this day and age, it's hard. It's a very selfish generation that I've grown up in. But I was blessed, like I said, to have my parents who were older to teach me not to be selfish. And I, I think that paying forward and, and paying back your community and others that you've been involved with is, is key to success, in, in my industry anyway, and in my life. I think that if you get stagnant, if you get selfish, if you get petty, and, you know, I think it just builds a soul full of, of failure. I think that's how you fail. You know, I think there's enough, I think there's enough work in this world for all of us. I would love for everybody to have a small business or an opportunity to have one. I'm so excited that these kids that are growing up now, like there's a, there's a girl from the Tri-Center area that has this new business that she started. Um, just even in our small town, all the small businesses, that gets me super excited. I'm like, this is what America is about. This is what life is about. This is what Iowa is about. This is what, you know, humanity is about. Let's all start our own little businesses. And I, and I think it's super exciting. And, and, I, and I hope that those businesses are still here in 40 years like mine. You know, I think my dad would be super proud of us that we're still running it, you know, and, and that we're running it with a basis of still still small, small business. I'm, I'm not trying to expand anywhere else, you know. <laughs> um, I think he would be super excited that we're reaching out to other small businesses and being like, yes, you can do this. You know, I think that is something he did well. Um I, I, I can't always put into words how excited I get, but if we were on the, a meter of zero to 100, I'm always at 100, literally, always excited, always pumped, always, you know, that positive person to reach out to, um, or I'm the first person to reach out to somebody else and be like, oh my God, I see what you're doing, and what you're doing matters, and you matter, and that's amazing. If you ever need anything, call me. I can't guarantee you I can get you what you need, but I can find somebody that can. You know, that's that's the human that I've become because of my dad, because of my mom and because of this business. I my brain is going on so many different tangents right now where to take this, because you've touched on a a wide variety of things that all come together to create not just business success, but personal success. And one of the things that you talked about was giving yourself the room to actually question 
what it is that you're doing and this does this make sense for me and there's going to be times that you're saying oh, boy i just don't know and, and maybe even getting to the point where you start exploring options but you always circle back to oh this is why we're doing it and you come back to that and it's okay to do that you haven't done anything wrong by doing that and to hear you say that back to me because to be honest with you this inside of the last 24 hours i was just experiencing this personally and you have uh you turned this uh podcast into a personal therapy session for me and i'm, I'm incredibly grateful <laughs> because it is it's a reminder that we don't live on an island and we uh, we do need to help each other out. There's a reason that uh, my, my radio co-host, because we do a morning show on Bluffs Country, and we always end the show with find a way to do something good for someone else today. That's how we end every show. Because that type of thing takes me out of my own head, puts me into someone else. And then that person one day will do the same for someone else. Might be back to me. I've had that happen. So it's inspiring to me to uh, hear you say some of these things and you know and, and as I said there's so many different aspects of success to explore such as the technology and yeah the internet exists but I'm sure that all right with the advent of electric cars do they hook up to your tow towing the <laughs> truck that the same way or do you have to transport them different for my mental health, I'm going to uh, stop that conversation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I would have to revert you to Todd to answer those questions because that is something I've literally stayed out of. I, right. know, it's, I know it's coming. I know we're preparing for it. My husband is amazing and has actually had classes um, and is learning that stuff. That That is on him. This is what, why he's amazing. Um, it's going to happen. It's It's not a good outlook right now. Um, as far as the towing industry and electrical cars, I don't think they're getting along well right now. But I have a feeling that, you know, once we get through the, I don't know, what is childhood development? When, I think we're like right prepubescent right now. Okay. If I were to compare it to right. human <laughs> with electric cars. Um, I think once we get past all the hiccups and everybody goes through their zits and their periods and... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I use analogies. That's a, a lot. Uh, that, that, that conjured up some interesting images. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think I think once it gets up and running, we will we will find a way to overcome and and make it better, um, and be able to you know haul car electric cars without them catching on fire or. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of articles out. I do know that the towing industry, um, the major towing industry is on top of it. I mean, they're constantly, I'm constantly getting emails and, and magazines and letters and stuff talking about the newest innovations. And then I directly hand them to my husband. So <laughs> <laughs> I can only retain so much information before I shut down. So he's an endless mind full of information that can attain that. So well, I can tell you, I'm, I, I'm really enjoying this today because this is a different view than typically we have taken on this show. Most of the time uh, on Success in Iowa, we've talked about taking a business from a startup. And sometimes it's right at the beginning of the startup. Sometimes they've been in business for a while. Uh, success looks different to a lot of different people. Uh, but yes, you had a successful business that you took over, but you can tank one of those. <laughs> It, it that happens a lot that yes someone had a, a successful business and they weren't paying attention uh, when 
with all of the things that made it a success and tried to do things completely differently, and it crashed and burned. You didn't do that. And to me, that is a, a wonderful story that not only have you transferred this onto you and your husband and now your children, but you're creating something that we'd already mentioned that your children can now take over one day. And it's there is no better uh, definition of, of success than that, I think. I would agree. And I think that the fact that we're not trying to change it so much, I mean, I'm sure we've done a lot of things differently. And, and there are days where we question, oh, you know, should we have done it this way? But I think the big thing is, is that we, we, so we stay humble. I, th- I think the humble would probably be the biggest word I would use for both of my parents. And I think we understand the needs of our community and the needs of our area. And we don't need to go above and beyond that. I mean, we'll, we'll change and adapt as things happen. But I think, I think overkill comes with, um, overkill comes with punishment. And that punishment would be either, you know, after you die and you don't get into heaven or bad things happen to you. Karma is what a lot of people say. And, we, that's just nothing we have any interest in. You know, we, we don't want to go above and beyond and try to, like I said, expand what we want to do. I, I feel like growing your business and one thing that we do a little differently is, is the other small businesses. You know, we, we work with a lot of other tow companies. They call us at the last minute if they need something or we call them, oh, my God, we can't handle this. You know, we, we need your help. We need your assistance. And that's just something we're real competitive big businesses. I mean, McDonald's isn't going to call Burger King and be like, oh, my gosh, I need to borrow your Whopper. I mean, I told you I use really bad analogies. But that's I mean, not a bad analogy. No. And I, and I can't think of a better way to raise children because I say raise children even though I have children from 28 to 19. I'm, I'm never going to be done being a role model for them. I'm never going to be done being that bossy, you know, educational mom. Uh, Never. I never will. You can ask them. They'll, they'll tell you. Um, I think that with grandchildren coming up also, I think it's so important to just remember that success is in the eye of the beholder. And I hold my community. I hold my family. And so if they feel and they see the success that I have, they, that's what they're going to reach for. I don't want them to, I mean, if, you know, don't get me wrong. If my grandkid comes up to me one day and says, I want to, you know, be on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, that's huge. But I want them to also understand that that's not the only thing success is. You can be a successful human being right here in Underwood, Iowa. That doesn't, you know, if you're in Underwood, that doesn't, that's not a limitation. You know, that can be a goal too, just because it's in small town. Too, too many people with, entertainment being as wild as as it is all over the United States, all over the world, actually, success is way too high. You know, it's, you know, you have to do this or you have to do this or I want to be president. I'm not saying those aren't good goals, but people forget success at the level of just right here in in your town. And, And I think that as long as they know that they can be successful right where they're at, mentally, they're going to be healthy, you know, I don't even know if that makes sense. I think what you're talking about is a lesson that maybe we are forgetting from that baby boomer generation because you think about, I think about my grandparents and I think about my parents and and what it was that they strove to achieve. They didn't have these giant lofty goals and there's nothing wrong with having a lofty goal. There's that, there's nothing wrong with that. But 
if your entire sense of self-worth is based on whether you achieve that or not, you're missing out on so much because that happens to so few people. And in the, in the radio industry that I am in, the number of incredibly financial successful people is in, very, very small. But that doesn't mean that I'm not successful where I'm at because of what it is that I've achieved. My bills are paid. You know, I'm not wondering where I'm going to scrape together the money to make sure that uh, I keep a roof over my head for the week. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, cashing million-dollar checks every other week, but that doesn't take away from the success that, that I have had or that the rest of the company that I work for has had or the success that you have had, that it's it's okay to have that life. Think about, there's a lot of websites out there now and you see nostalgic pictures from the 60s and even into the 70s and you look up and down Main Street. These are all individually owned businesses. They're not chains. That's what success used to look like. And we've gotten away from that. We don't live in that world anymore. And I think we're missing something from it. I, th- I think it's having to come back, kind of like mullets. I, I really <laughs> oh, do. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Please, no. Please, we just had this talk about on the morning show this morning. That uh... <laughs> That's so funny. I, I really believe that it some of the stuff's coming back around full circle. From what I see in my community, I can't speak for everybody, I feel like small businesses are coming back. And I think my generation has a responsibility to encourage that, push it, and just and help it. If I mean, help in any way you can to make it happen because – I think that this world would run better if mm-hmm. we were all small business. I do too. And I get the convenience of Amazon. I understand. Uh, however, <laughs> I, I, I take a lot of personal supplements. I, I'm one of those guys now. Uh, you know, magnesium and vitamin C and all of this. There's a health food store two blocks from here. And maybe she doesn't have exactly what I need right then, but she also knows how to get it. Yeah, it's easy to jump on my phone and jump online and order and it's delivered, you know, within 48 hours. It doesn't help her. And if we didn't have her store here, we would be missing out on something. Because when I walk in there, from the very first time that I walked in there, she smiled, she remembered my name. You don't get that by ordering from Amazon. And you don't get that uh, from just staying with the large conglomerates and the corporations. It's small town America and you can be in a large community. New York City has tiny neighborhoods that people uh, do business as and and it exists everywhere. And there's a reason for that. I'm getting on my soapbox here. So <laughs> No, the, I completely 100% agree. And not only that, the one thing that I love to hear and I love to say, because it goes both ways, I hear it from customers that have been referred to us, and then I say it, and my husband says it a lot when we refer out, they're going to do you right. You know, go to this person. They're going to do you right. I'm pretty sure I've never heard anybody say, oh, go to Amazon. They're going to do you right. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to take care of you. They're going to treat you like gold, and they're going to they're gonna charge you a good rate, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, don't think I've ever heard that. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly Irwin, uh, Dave Line Towing uh, in Underwood, Iowa. Uh, we've mentioned that before, but I think it bears mentioning again. Uh, before we let you go, where, where are you at? How do, how do folks get a hold of you if they have a need for your services? What, what's the path to find you? 
Um, we have a 24-hour phone number, uh, 712-566-2317, gets transferred at night. Um, and we are in the office 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. Um, I would say we take a lunch break at noon, but that's a lie. So we're usually always there. <laughs> um, we also have an email address. Every, we're easy to find online. Um, so we have a Facebook. We have our own website. And then we have an email, which is lion, L-Y-O-N, towing at hotmail.com. Yes, we still have hotmail. Still have a hotmail <laughs> Yeah, <account>. yeah. <laughs> we're dedicated to that. Um, and we're just on 134th Street in Underwood, Iowa, which is across from the Umba Hall there in Underwood. And we love visitors. So, yeah. And we do towing. We do um, – we work on uh, gas engines, you know. We do oil changes all the way up to, you know, some heavier repair and then we work on diesel. We have a diesel mechanic. So we do farm trucks. We do diesel trucks. And guarantee we can do it to our abilities. And if we can't, we tell the customer and we find somebody local that we refer them to. So It's been a true pleasure today. Thank, Thank you. you. And by the way, uh, tell your husband that guys named Todd are cool. Yes. he Yeah, he has told me that. <laughs> he would agree with you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Success in Iowa. And by the way, we are always looking for new stories. So if you know of someone with a success story to tell, whatever that success story looks like, please uh, send me an email. Uh, The easiest way is just my personal email. It's toddstuter at gmail.com. And uh, we would love to either have you on or have your friend on and be able to tell that success story as well. So uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. Thanks again, Kelly. I appreciate your time. And uh, enjoy your lunch today, whatever time that might be. Thank you. (laughs) And until next episode, take care.